When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the Cricket Collective. I'm Jared Kimber, and with me today is Ashes legend Steve Harmison. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Indian Premier League because it was going to start tomorrow. Actually, it was going to start two weeks ago. And with the Indian government uh, now extending their lockdown, no one has a real idea when the IPL might happen at all. But we want to focus on what the IPL is like. So that means we're going to talk to New Zealand leggy Ish Sodi and former county quick Steph Jones, who's now a coach with the Rajasthan Royals. The IPL is cricket's greatest cash cow, so that means it's on the front line of how and when cricket will play again. Call. Bowling his fourth ball of the evening to Ayudu. Bowls him! Oh, that's a sensational piece of bowling from Sinan Call. What a delivery! Here he goes again. Oh, See you oh, later. Oh, 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 that's huge. They're ducking for cover in the stands. Oh, oh, oh. Rashid bowls to him. Bowls him! He goes over his head. Should be six more. It's six more. Six to win. Kumar's in, and he's folding. Cops the full toss. Says I'll have a bit of that, and smashes it out of the Chinnaswamy Stadium. Yeah, that's in again. Oh, oh, pick oh, that. Oh, oh. Pick that out the back row. Not oh, again. Got again. Has it got the distance? Yes. It's going to be That's a long one. That's the bomb. Four, four, six from Gautam Gambia. Captain's in the mood. You know, Kumar pulls to Janosha. He leaves. No doubt whatsoever. Hitting it out on the ground into the top deck of Oman. Two plus eight goes straight over his head. And six. He wins the game with an emphatic strike of the ball. Well, Harmy, that is the excitement that you get from the IPL. It's funny when, when you, you, you do talks in cricket and you travel around and people ask you what it's like. Having, having been there, I compare it to a mega church. You know, everyone up and clapping, incredible atmosphere within the ground. Quite often, I'm not sure if the if the spectators, and it's a bit like this at the MCG, to be fair, for a random game, but I'm not sure if the spectators at the IPL are always following the score as closely as everyone else, but they are getting up and down. And uh, we now have a situation where if the IPL um, comes back this year, it's going to be in empty stadiums, which seems almost the opposite of why the IPL was invented in the first place. What do you think about that, Harmy? Yeah, absolutely, Jared. I think it's... Uh, the, the IPL, is, it just seems as though it's it's a completely different tournament to what we are known as... Uh, I've not been to the Big Bash. I've, I've commentated on TV and radio for the, for the domestic T20 here, and it's about the cricket, where it just seems that the IPL is about, it's an event. 
I think the big bash is a little bit similar. Maybe it's a little bit in between. And it just seems this whole, the whole stage before the whole performance is not just about the well you see an hour and a half it takes them nearly two hours now to get <laughs> to get 20 overs in but it just seems that it, it's just this it's this brilliant event um i was fortunate to be in in india in mumbai last year when the final was on thankfully it was an hour and a half away and i didn't attempt to go <laughs> because i would never get in there and getting back because of i remember michael atherton talking about being there and saying it took him nearly four hours to get out of the stadium when the game was finished it's just it's just this whole great big event that i think cricket needs um would it be is it something that we need that that much where we can have it without fans i actually think yes i think we do need it um is it something you fit in in this world calendar that it's important because it's domestic it's domestic cricket it's not international cricket absolutely i think this is so important to get to get the calendar right and i think you know, potentially we we can get it in i think we could get it in in september with it being leading into what hopefully will be a, a very, very good world, world T20 down in Australia. Well, the, the difference is, and, and you see this, I don't know how much you follow some of the American sports, but baseball um, is looking at playing all their tournament in Arizona and having all the players in hotels in Arizona. And it's, it's, a, it's quite a, a full-on uh, system. I'm not sure it will work. Uh, we, we talked about in rugby league in Australia playing it all on an island. Um, domestic leagues can do things that international sport can't do and that's one of the reasons why it was hilarious that the Olympics uh, kept trying to suggest that they yeah. might be able to play and no one else could. That's one thing that the IPL has an advantage. If it has to go ahead and realistically from a financial point of view it might be more likely that it will go ahead than international cricket. If it does have to go ahead, they can actually stop the overseas coaches, stop the overseas players and have an Indian-only league. But there is a possibility, perhaps, if India is not completely beset at that stage, that we, we could get something. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's a, it would be important for, for India, the the, 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 the way the, the money... The money and the world is at this moment. You know, talking about and seeing the Chancellor on, on TV there, talking about what it's like in England. Um, but... When you you mentioned there about getting asked about what you know it's like in India and the competitions, I get asked all the time when you say you know where's the best place you've been to and where's the best tour and what what's what what's what's it about India? India is 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 a place. You know, it, it's set by itself when it when you when you talk about the enjoyment factor and what it is to the people in that country. That country cricket is huge. We think we think we are obsessed by football in the <laughs> British Isles. We are not compared to what it is in in what the Indian public see of of India. So it's important that from the from a feel good factor in the country. Once it's safe to play then I think they would imagine the Indian government will want the BCCSI to get the tournament on as soon as it possibly can. If it fits in with the world cricket, if it fits in with the ICC, I would imagine the BCCSI will say, oh, we're not bothered. We need this for our country. And I think that's what will probably happen. Um, I can see the T20 Blast going without overseas players in this country. I can see all countries trying to get cricket played in their own environments, first and foremost. And if you can get assistant coaches, coaches and overseas players in, more the better. But I think once we are out of this pandemic and it's right for everybody to play, then I think sport will take a lead in trying to get a feel-good factor and economically trying to get everything pushed back uh, as best we possibly can to, to where we once were. And you talk about basketball and baseball and in America... There is talk about the Premier League playing at St George's Park or playing at Wembley. So the, the, even even the biggest sport in this country is talking about playing behind closed doors over a six, eight-week period and everybody locked down and it's just shown on TV. So if that can be done, there's no, there's no doubt the Indian Premier League and the, the BCCI with the Indian government will be looking at ways to, to get the feel-good factor back in, Indian, in, the, in the country of India. Yeah, and it's worth talking about, A, just how much money the IPL has. And it is the billion-dollar ticket uh, within cricket. Mm. So it's certainly it's on a different level than, you know, New Zealand and Sri Lanka are probably not going to be able to, you know, <laughs> get a small island or get an area that's not affected and bring all the players in and the players' wives and, you know, um, uh, all, all the hospitality people that would need to be there. So the BCCI is already in a different position. But there are so many factors to, to playing behind closed doors. One, to be fair, uh, I think cricket's already 
pretty nailed. Anyone who's ever played in the UAE before knows what it's like to play in front of, uh, you know, in empty stadiums. So cricket's ahead of the game there, I think, compared to other sports. But the other side is, you know, uh, who touches the balls, uh, people working in the back rooms. There's so many extra staff and everything. It's not as simple as, you know, we just won't allow fans in. There are so many people that go towards every, you know, individual cricket game, aren't there? Well, there is. You just look at, I think, my first, my first ever ear tour in 96. 98 I think it was there was a, a coach assistant coach and a physio went I think my last England tour which was in 2008 or 2009 I think we I think we nearly were players wise I think we took 16 players and we just by one I think we took 15 backroom staff now there's about 20 odd backroom staff IPL even more it's even more and it's not just uh, committee men, where you get your, your, you know, if you remember in, in this country where you get, you, know, you go down to Worcester and you see Duncan Fernley with his gin and tonic standing on the on the on the balcony there, and there's two or three ECB delegates, the people that go along with teams in the IPL, the the, the movie stars, the Bollywood movie stars, and because they're putting that much money in and because they want to be involved, they'll not want to miss out either. So you're right. There is so much more than just getting 22 guys, two umpires and 40-odd cameras around a stadium to make uh, and showcase what the IPL is. Unfortunately, that, 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 what you just mentioned and what we've been talking about could delay the the start of possibly the IPL um, it wouldn't it wouldn't delay the start of, of the T20 blast or anything like that but it could because like we mentioned before and you said right at the outset it's about the show of the IPL and that is what's made the IPL good but more importantly in the world game it's made it as lucrative as it is. I remember very early on talking to one of the co-creators, not Lalit Modi, but his offsider at, at the IMG. So it's an IMG event, which shows you how big the IPL is. IMG don't get involved in no. small things very often. And he was uh, he basically said, we're not competing with sport. We're competing with Bollywood. And and now there's a crossover. Um, there are, you know, Shah Rukh Khan and many Bollywood celebrities are there. It is, it's a TV event. Um, and it's a, it's a mega church when you're in it when you're in there a lot of that will go away if if you if you can't sort of suddenly you know pan your camera to Sachin Zindulka not doing anything particularly interesting in in the outer the, exactly right but there's if you offer the guy in India the, the family in India who I mentioned before was there for the final last year I looked out my hotel um, window and I looked and I was right on the beach and there was a big screen and there was thousands watching this big screen, the IPL final on the beach. It was like a carnival atmosphere. Now, if you offer somebody in India to watch behind closed doors or not to have it, I would imagine they'll they'll ha- happily, gladly say, we want it. We're not bothered about the Bollywood stars. We're not bothered about the razzmatazz of dancers. We're not bothered about the crowd. We want to see cricket because that's what we love. This is our religion. That is their religion. And I think if you, for one year, had to go without that Bollywood star, then I'm sure the population of India would love to have that because, one, it's safe to walk the streets again and it's safe to get about because cricket wouldn't start with, with, with if it wasn't safe because of the, you know, the health and the government wouldn't allow it. And I think, too, it is it would get the feel-good factor back in countries of sport because even if you don't like sport, it's something that gets people talking again and it gets the economy going. Yeah, and I think uh, most importantly, uh, when, when it comes to all that, um, we're actually watching, you know, clips of cats playing cricket on Twitter mm. at the moment so it's uh, quite clear that we don't need the Bollywood style just as much and I, I'm you know I'm happy to talk for the whole country of India there any sport at the moment we would be very excited about well, you're listening to the cricket collective on talk sport 2 next up we'll hear from the former Rajasthan Royals and current New Zealand spinner Ish Sodhi Destroying the thunder. Oh, and there it is. Six for Sodi. That man is Sodi. Take a bow. And another one. Ish Sodi is on fire. That is wicket number five. And what is he up to? And he's only conceded eight runs. But smashes it away for four. And 50 for Ish Sodi. That is an unbelievable effort. 
One of the most dogged, gutsy 50s New Zealand cricket's ever seen. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with myself, Jared Kimber, and two-time Ashes winner, Steve Harmison. So as you heard there, Ishodi has been spinning his way to success in T20 cricket throughout his career. 27-year-old, and he doesn't feel 27, he feels like he's been around for a lot longer than that, was due to be a bowling consultant with his former side, Rajasthan Royals, in this year's IPL. And he spoke with our cricket editor, John Norman, about the competition. What has the IPL done for your game? Um... I, th- I think the IPL, um, you know, it's, it's such a great league to be a part of, um, especially because we play so much international cricket in India now as well. You know, I think um, if I look back, I can probably think off the off the off the top of my head maybe three or four times, uh, maybe even five times I've visited India, uh, whether that's New Zealand A series or or for the Black Caps, uh, in the past you know three or four years. Uh, it's a lot of times going to India, and I think. If you do have the privilege to play in an IPL team, uh, you're exposed to those grounds, uh, those conditions, and what it's like for a long period of time. So it's not so foreign when you do get a chance to go and play play India in India. Um, and then on, on the other perspective, I think it's taught me what franchise cricket is about. Um, you know, it's so different to, to international cricket. You're playing with guys that you play, you know, spend 12 months of the year playing against. And so that's so unique, you know, forming those relationships with guys that, that you're generally being competitive and, and trying to beat. Um, and so, so that's a really unique thing about franchise cricket. And, and also, I think, dealing with pressure. You're, you know, you're playing uh, probably the closest um, format to international cricket that I can think of that I've played. Um, and it's tough. And, and you're playing in front of you know, thousands and thousands of people. Uh, it's broadcast all over the world. It's high pressure. Uh, some of the you know best players in the world, especially from a batting perspective, you know you bowl into guys like Andre Russell and Paul Cutter, where you know he's dominated for such a long time. You know, death bowlers are getting to bowl against Dhoni when you know they need nine or ten runs off off the over. I mean, that's it's the best place to learn, and that's probably why Indian cricket's come such a long way as well because the young fellas are being exposed to you know a format that's really similar to international cricket from such a young age. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Does it change the way you think of yourself as as a professional cricketer? Oh, definitely not. Um, you know, I've always, you know, wanted to play, you know, growing up, I never never wanted to play franchise cricket or I never wanted to play T20 cricket. I just always wanted to play for New Zealand. And um, I suppose that's, that's a challenge in itself, you know, not taking international cricket too seriously as opposed to, you know, when you go and play franchise cricket, it's so fun and it's so new and it's so different that you probably relax a lot more and really enjoy it for what it is. I think the challenge is actually doing that with, with uh, playing international cricket, especially for me, um, you know, because that's something that you dream of, you know, ever since you're a kid. So, uh, you know, you, you want to still enjoy it uh, for what it is. And, and it's just a game, just like this franchise stuff is as well. But but if, you, if you're with a franchise for long enough, like I've you know, played two years with four Rajasthan Royals uh, as a player and, and this year if the IPL was to go ahead, I was going to be involved as a, as a spin consultant and as a coach. So when you're with a franchise for that long, I think it starts, starts feeling like that kind of team environment that you have when you play obviously domestic cricket and then for your team uh, internationally as well. What things do you think that you've learned in the IPL that can help you as a, or has helped you as a cricketer for New Zealand, if any? Yeah, look, I think one, one is definitely that dealing with pressure in tough situations. Two is understanding um, what length to bowl when batsmen are trying to hit you for six. Um, and I think that has changed probably over time. Uh, I think I think a natural length for a, for a spin bowler in 2020 cricket has probably come back slightly from what it used to be because um, nowadays, if you're a little bit full, um, it's very easy for the batsman to stand and hit. They call it a step hit uh, in England. Uh, what what I, I got used to when I played for Nottingham, uh, we were trying to avoid the step hit, which is probably anything fuller than a 4.5 meter length. Um, so you're trying to keep it between that, you know, 5.5 to 4.5 with five meters being the ideal length. So understanding that that's the length that works in T20 cricket and, and trying to replicate it as much as you can because you only kind of learn that when you play, I guess, you know, four or five months of the year where you bowl 90% of your deliveries that the batsman's try and hit for six. So, um, yeah, it's it's just so different to what probably it was, um, you know, back in the 90s and 2000s and things like that. But that's just the evolution of the game. And you know, as spin bowlers, I think if we want to survive in the game, we have to 
have to adapt and, and to move our games forward, we have to learn those small little things that are changing. I remember we, we covered the IPL on Talk Sport for, uh, for three seasons. And I remember one year, uh, Kane Williamson was playing for Sunrisers Hyderabad. I think he played two games. Um, what, what is it like when you get picked for a side and then you, you don't play too much and you're having to you know, travel around India, essentially, watching, uh, watching from the sidelines? Yeah, it is, it is pretty unique. You know, I think in my first year of the IPL, I would have played about six games, maybe seven, um, which is awesome. You play one in every two games. And then the next year, I only played two games as well. So, um, yeah, it, it does become quite tough. Um, it depends what you use it for, you know, because it's straight after our season. So, generally, um, you're, you're reasonably tired and fatigued from that season. So, whether you use it to, um, if you're on the bench, to, you know, further yourself in other areas, whether it's fitness, um, you know, training in the gym or, or doing a fair bit of running or, you know, you, you are in a place where there's unlimited facilities to be able to train in your skills. So you can upskill yourself while you're on the bench um, as much as you can. So when you do get the opportunity, you're ready. And, uh, and if you don't, you know, if you're not fortunate enough to play so many games, whether it's only one or two, and sometimes guys go through the whole IPL without playing a game, they've put a lot of work in. So the next time they do play cricket, they're prepared. Well, uh, Ish Shodi, who is an incredible bowler, I won't have to tell anyone uh, from Nottingham that. He's taken, I think, 30-odd wickets over the last couple of years, an average of 26. He takes a wicket in the last three years in T20 cricket every 18 balls. Uh, he's also perhaps the, one of the biggest cricket nerds there is um, as far as professional cricketers go out there. He can tell you who a player is if you say how many tests they have played or how many wickets or runs they've got. That's the sort of memory that Ish Shodi has, which probably explains why it's such a young age he he's a coach um but it was quite quite interesting there um Hami, talking about it you know county cricket was always seen as the finishing school i think for a lot of cricketers around the world now uh ipl and sometimes psl as well are now seen as a place to go to to become a finishing school rather than just being there because you're one of the best players in the world yeah i think the game's changed um for the better i think the white ball game is that that's come into the game you know the financial side of it is can be can be ridiculous. It can be astronomical. In when it comes, if you get an IPL contract, then you play a lot of the games. Um, but I, I, I just I would encourage any young player if they can, even even if they don't get picked up by a franchise, especially in from an, an English point of view, if you can get over there and and go and be around, if you can tap into an overseas player who's now as a coach, you can nip in and say, can I come and sort of be there for a week and see how they go? I think it would be so invaluable. I think what he says was was perfect. It's a great place to learn. Um, but also, you know, you play with the best players in the world. You could be sitting in a, in a dressing room with the likes of Dale Stan if you're a fast bowler, Irby de Villiers if you're a batsman, if you can get close to Mahindra Singh Dhoni or Virat Kohli and spend some time with them. It's only going it, to, it, even if you don't play, it's, even, it, it's only going to make you a better cricketer when you come out the, out the bat of it. So I think the game has changed from uh, the finishing school as a first-class cricketer in England. Now, if you can get into the IPL or you mentioned the PSL or Big Bash, I think the people that you play with in an environment you play in is, is so invaluable. It, it can only be for the better as a, to make you a better cricketer. Uh, it's funny you mentioned AB De Villiers there because it's just flashed up in front of my um, eyes for a second. He's made himself available for the World T20 for South Africa, if we have a World T20, of course. But the, the actual quality of cricket, so, you know, when you look at the analytics side of things, the actual quality of cricket in the IPL is so strong. Um, it'd be interesting if they ever allow one or two more overseas players because it would just be a phenomenal league then, I think, if you had the, uh, uh, the ability to have um, five or six overseas players. But even with four, it's such a strong league. Yeah, it turns into it more or less turns into a, an international an international league. Then you know proper international league. If you get a five or if you're half the players or you know even more in in a side from from overseas, I think it's it's improved in the Indian cricket. I think probably at the start of my career, 2002, I played against India on my Test debut. I look at the people that you played against. You could bowl short at a lot of these players, world greats as well, the likes of Dravid, Ganguly, Tendulkar, Sewag. You bowl short at them and your filters are you, you in the game and you can intimidate them. Now, I think because of the IPL, because of the players that are coming into the league and the young Indian players are coming, they're not fears for the short ball. 
they're not phased at all by the short ball or the quick stuff. You know, they look as though it's ready to score. It's their, their chance to score. So I think that it has made the Indians better playing overseas um, and playing against uh, playing against the seaman ball as well. So I think it's just been a, a fantastic competition for, for the, the game of cricket. And if we did get a chance to have an extra overseas or two overseas, fingers crossed, you get more English players going to mm. play in it because it's my bugbear this. I, wanna, I would love to see more England players playing in it because I think it'll make them better. And that's saying something when you think England are the best white ball team in the world at this moment at 50 over cricket, not in 20. 2020, but I still think England have got a great chance going to Australia to be, you know, white ball world champions if, if they can go and do it down there in in T20. So, you know, what, if you answer your question, can they get another? If they get another another uh, overseas player available, um, that could only be good for English cricket. Hopefully, we can get some more Englishmen in there. Uh, I think the biggest change, although I think you're right, the batsmen have certainly evolved. I think the biggest change that we've seen with Indian cricket has been the fielding. Yeah. And uh, the IPL is a huge, um, um, momentous part of that. You see young guys running around now when they're preparing. Anyway, you're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 uh, with the Institute of Cricket. Next up, we're going to speak to a member of the coaching staff of an IPL team and we'll tell you uh, how he prepares his bowlers for franchise competition. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Rana has got one completely wrong from Jofra Archer. Well bowled, young man. Stuck in the plan. Blocking two for 34. In and around about leg stump. Good Yorker on this occasion, Rissoni. <laughs> Straight in the air off the top edge. That should bring this down ball, and it will. Stokes finds the edge. And Tarari the leading edge, and he's gone. Caught a cover. Pace off the ball, does it again. Ben Stokes gets his name in the book. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. 
uh, with myself, Jared Kimber, and Steve Harmison. Those were just a few wickets taken by the Rajasthan Royals in the IPL over the years, and I'm delighted to welcome their bowling coach or bowling consultant, Stefan Jones, to Cricket Collective now. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, very good, man. All isolated and in lockdown. <laughs> awesome. Uh, now, how does a bowling consultant, someone who's been working with the team, uh, try and get them up and active and get them ready for the season? If I remember correctly from chatting to you recently, your, your job was really just the first couple of weeks of the season, so it was mostly in the preparation. How does that person now work with all these fast bowlers who are stuck in their apartments and their houses? Yeah, that's a tough one, actually. Uh, we were in a good place as well. We, we were in... Um a camp in Nagpur. All the bowlers were over there except for the internationals. So I had the two young quicks. Um, yeah, we were. They were all in a good place, ready to go. So the plans have shifted. We obviously haven't got a, a started yet, but uh, I've designed all their preparation programs. So they send in videos um, daily. Actually, the, the Indian guys. I uh, made changes in terms of their training. Obviously, you can't make any technical changes now. Uh, and then as coaches, we we meet up every Thursday morning on the Zoom app. Uh, so we're we're planning. It's just I think it's the future. To be honest, this has given us an insight into the future how it will all work. Um, but it's as long as I just feel sorry for the for the guys. I do. You know, they haven't got a start date, so you can't plan really. It's but they're taking over. Uh, we've got a great head of sports science in John Gloucester who's monitoring their nutrition and stuff. So we do it slightly different. It's, it's very much science-based, as you know. Steph, you, you talk about you getting bowlers prepared. and you, I'm intrigued to know how you get them prepared differently to what you would from like a first-class season, what we'd have in England. You were talking about, you know, this program is an, an English program, talking about the IPL. And you talk about trying to get them from a first-class point of view be an endurance. Are you more of a sort of psychologist? You're talking about it in the mind and putting them in positions of, you know, when the crowd's going, the pressure's on, what is your go-to ball or, or you know, your, your go-to method? It's, um, well, all these guys, you know, so the IPL is the, is the cream of the crop. It's the best of the best. So your international players are normally coming off a, a one-day series or a T20 series or a World Cup. And then the Indian guys are just coming off a Ranji Trophy. So there's absolutely no need to rush them over in, get some miles in the legs. They're training, they're prepared. So then it's all about game plans. You know, I, um, I went through all the batters of every team last year. So I knew what ball to bowl, when to bowl it, who was the best uh, a front bowler for us who was who bowled the more slower balls and was it you know where was it best was it a short length or full length who bowled at the end and but as you know it's like what happens then over the whitewash is totally up to the players and the captain's decisions but all we can do is coaches give them the data give them the the trends that have happened in the IPL um, over the so many years it's been going uh, and then we make an individual plan uh, probably the week before, because it is a roller coaster. You know, I did 18 flights in 16 weeks, so it is. It's an extraordinary event, and it's something I'm very proud to have done, and I will do this year again. But in terms of physical preparation, you know, it's just like top ups, really. Some some bowling coaches have different theories and stuff, so the way I do my drill work is slightly different. And then when they do some target work. I bring in, uh, it's called a V-flex, which is like a big circle and they've got to bowl through it. So it gives them that tunnel to try and bowl a Yorker because, you know, when some, when a coach tells you, can you nail the hole, get in that zone? Well, what is the zone? You, you need something visual. So then there's a big circle that's like a tunnel. Uh, so lots of grill work like that. And it's, it's just a university, really. It's, it's a great event. And Steph, your your speciality is making people bowl faster. That's why I got you on the radar when it comes to Rajasthan. You know, what? Why are your methods uh, different to uh, other bowling coaches' methods? Uh, they're based on sports science. They're based on uh, individuality. No bowler will ever be the same. You will never bowl the same delivery. There is there will always be something uh, different. Uh, it's just about motor learning, skill acquisition. I test a lot. You know, if someone 
you get coaches at the hours, and there's no dig at any other coach now, but if you get coaches at the back of the net who tell you, keep your seam up, stay tall at the crease, there's actually a reason why your your front leg collapses. There's a reason why your back leg collapses. There's a reason why you laterally flex at the crease. So that's why you'll never get your wrist. You can take your wrist up, but it'll never go straight because you just collapse in your front leg. So there's a reason for everything, and it's just too many bowlers and coaches just put in this cookie-cutter program that everyone has to follow. But there's a reason, you know, if I, my daughters, now I give them a tennis ball and they bowl, there's a reason, a physiological and an anthropometrical reason why they bowl like that. And then it's our jobs as coaches then to go, is it safe, is it repeatable, and is it effective? And then that is the base, that's the foundation of it. And from there then, we build the engine. You know, best coaches in the world should be coaching under 12s around there, 10, 11, 12, because that's the main stage of brain plasticity, myelination. That's when technique is everything. That's when you have to be technique. By the time, you know, you're in the IPL or 18 years of age, man, technique, that pattern is set. It's hard work to change. So it's so I go from an, an individual approach to it. I test absolutely everything. Does their muscles are they able to utilize the energy stored in their muscles? Are they doing too much weights? So are they getting too strong? You know, it's, it's not great. It's not good to be too strong in the gym. It's, it's called the dynamic strength index. It's, it means you're building strength that you can't use. So then it it's, firstly takes away time from doing what you're supposed to learn how to bowl and bowl I think I think youngsters don't bowl enough I could be all day talking about this seriously <laughs> I, I'm a grag I, I, I totally agree with you Steph I, I don't think youngsters bowl enough and other things in place to keep get their bodies so you don't break the, the, the kids don't break down but I'm a big believer in feel. I'm a massive yeah. believer in feel and feeling that. And what you've just said there strikes to me. And the question would ask is it when you get to the IPL, do you then say, right, I've got eight bowlers. I'm going to have to be best mates with all eight of them. They're all different. They've got different mechanics and different ways, but they've all got the same mind when it comes to how to to bowl a Yorker, where it needs to come. Do you have to then become you know, eight best mates of people and try and make them feel good? Because you're right, when they're 12-year-olds, they need coaching. When they're in the IPL, they just need guiding and pushing in a direction. Hopefully they, yeah. they get there. Does that something that, that, that comes true with you? Because personally for me, who have not done any coaching awards other than the basics one and two, but I've always yeah. believed, and I had a quite a, a unique action, it's all about feel. And the yeah. more feel you've got and experience you have in the, in, in the IPL pressure cooker, I think, a, I think a coach, a coach was so invaluable if he's a calm, collective person. But the feel yeah, of what's happening, of what your study, what your individuals are, is yeah. so important. It is, but you say you had a you had a unique action. It was actually lots of your action was very good. I called them the attractor sites. Mm. So as you brace front leg, you know you you delivered from a strong position. You attacked the crease. So you even though it looked different, even though all these bowlers mm. look different, there's key points in the action that all the very best have. They're called the attractors, but that's a different answer. So my my role as a coach, bowling coach. Uh, in the IPL is to be the the voice and to be their eyes. So I'm I can be there like their confidant. They can grab me and have a chat. I did that with a few of them, and then you just build them up, you know, because experience. You build them up on the feeling of it. Exactly. It's not about us as coaches. And you know, the worst thing for me as a player was to have a coach who just talk nonsense just to tick a box and to and to feel important as a coach. As a coach, you just want to say something when there's actually something valuable mm. to say. So if I, and I would sit down with them and talk through how they went from, one thing I would sort of, at the end of the game, I, I don't know actually, I'm still working out whether to go, you pick your bowlers and you, you know the ones that you go to straight away and go, thoughts, They're all, all the Indian bowlers actually are like that. They mm. like immediate feedback. But I was never going to go up to Ben Stokes and Joffre Archer after the game and 
talk to them. It's, so it is getting to know them because you were you were under Duncan Fletcher for a long time. Duncan Fletcher never spoke speak. to me for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Apparently, he didn't speak for a whole year. He just he, observed us. He did, yeah, he did. But I, you, you mentioned there, that there's something that I keep on saying time and time again. Fast bowling is not an exact science. You know, it, it, it's it's not. We're not robots. And exactly. sometimes about perfect bowls. You could say to a, I could say to Ben Stokes, you could bowl in that. Jared, you were probably in that in that uh, in that final when Brith were hitting for them three sixes. He was millimeters off that perfect Yorker, and it went out the ground. So you, Steph, you could have a bowler who bowls the perfect ball in your eyes because that's what he's trying to achieve. Yeah. But he still could get hit out the ground for six. Exactly, but he's that's the thing, isn't it? That's that's why we love this game. Is mm. that you do the best of your ability and what you think is the right decision at that time. You execute as long as you execute your skill. Funnily enough, there's another person the other end who's doing exactly the same. So he's executed his skill exactly as good as he can, and that is the game. Is we can't sort of overanalyze the human factor within a game of 2020. But as long as you practice your skill, you execute what, what you, your coach, team effort decide at that time, you know what, that, that whatever happens, happens. And that's how, and I learned that this year because the emotions in the IPL is just incredible. It, it is an incredible event that, um, yeah, needs to be seen to believe. You know, it, I was 12 o'clock in the morning, you know, in Chinnaswamy Stadium. It rained. We played a five-over game. There was 50,000 people still in there watching. Five-over game at 12 o'clock. It's like extraordinary event. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think in this country we should be trying to copy it. In my opinion, I thought the last 2020s have been very good competition so I don't know why we needed a change but I'm sure that's a topic in itself that is certainly for another day Uh, thank you Steph (laughs) cheers Steph thanks for coming on Uh, you're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 myself Jared Kimber and two time Ashes winner Steve Harmison coming up next uh, we'll drop down uh, all the way from IPL down to the grassroots game and we'll see how the coronavirus pandemic has affected club cricket in England You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with myself, Jared Kimber, and two-time Ashes winner, Steve Harmison. It's time to focus on the grassroots game in our with our bi-weekly feature, Breaking the Boundaries with the Institute of Cricket. Breaking Boundaries on TalkSport 2 with the Institute of Cricket. For the best chance of making it in professional cricket, you need to train with us. Find out more at instituteofcricket.com. Let's speak now with the Director of Complete Cricket, David Smith, about the current issues in grassroots game. Um, hi, David, are you there? Hi, yes, I am, yeah. Thanks oh, for having me. Not a problem. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I suppose I want to start with, uh, how dire is the situation for uh, clubs around England at the moment? Yeah, look, it's obviously something that I think every club has you know, had to give a lot of thought to, you know, the sustainability of, of their club over the next few months and, you know, potentially, you know, years, but... You know, I, I've got no doubt that the strength of the club cricket uh, that, that we're involved with, you know, we'll, we'll get through this this really challenging time, and uh, you know, we'll come out, you know, come out the other side. You know, the cricket the cricket community across the world is, you know, is always comes together, doesn't it? On on social media, you see so many videos of, of people looking to, you know, support one another, and you know, cricket clubs ultimately are the, you know, pillars of the community. Really, that you know, that's where everyone everyone goes and everyone wants to be part of it. So. You know, look, it's a it's an incredibly challenging time for everybody at the moment, and uh, you know, cricket cricket no no more than others. But um, you know, I've got no doubt that uh, it will come through this period. And, and is this something the ECB can help, um, perhaps by spending uh, money and by donating money to some of the clubs? Is that is, is that a way of helping some of the clubs? Do you think? I think the 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 ECB are offering you know loans and and grants, and I suppose the only. The only slight issue with with loans are that they have to be repaid eventually, and it depends on the club's financial circumstances if they're if they're able to you know able to do that. Um, you know, obviously grants that are available potentially that the government are announcing might be might be suitable for a lot of uh, lot of cricket clubs. But you know, cricket clubs really are at both ends of the spectrum. You know, there's there's cricket clubs that have thriving bars and you know hundreds of members, and there's cricket clubs that you know are quite small and operate you know from Saturday to Saturday. So you know, it's it, it, there are 
sports clubs and not only just cricket clubs but that are affected you know at both ends of the scale i'd say but hopefully the you know the ecb will um will, will come to the rescue of any clubs that need it because you know everybody wants the uh club cricket and obviously international cricket in this country to continue to thrive and and david you talk about the ecb help and what what they can do um the, i've read a great article by shield berry in the in whatever paper he, he writes for this week paul collingwood talks about club cricket as a as a whole and a and a, in something that he was involved where we've all been involved in trying to get into the into the professional game and it, it some things that strike with me was the, the north south divide when he talked about the fast bowlers and the, the working class areas that that are played what sort of help are they are these these clubs going to get from the ECB? Because when I when you look at it, you know they, they do struggle. Because you know, for instance, I'm in the northeast of England, and you know you look at places like Durham and Cumbria. You mentioned they are literally that that club, you know, that cricket club is the only sort of um, social event in the or social place in the yeah. uh, in the community. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, in, in my experience of being involved in club cricket and and the Institute of Cricket, you know, we've we work with a lot of cricket clubs. We we have day to day contact with the head of these clubs, and in in my experience of being involved in club cricket for such a long time, you know, the the key to sustainability at cricket clubs is a thriving junior section. Yeah, you know, because that that thriving junior section brings you know so many parents into the ground that might want to be involved in sponsorship or volunteering to help you know the club grow in other ways and you know i, I just think that in in everything that we've done you know the most the most the big sort of biggest piece of advice that i would give to give to clubs is to really look at your junior section at the moment and see you know how you can grow that what support you can get to try and you know try and grow that because there's there's, there's too many clubs in my opinion that that sort of use their finances in the wrong way you know don't don't invest in the infrastructure don't invest in in facilities and and their juniors Uh, and then it's times like these when you know people are starting to scratch their heads and think well why is this the case no i'd agree with that and i think a part of that that article when paul collingwood talks about it because he was the guy that 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 he spoke and it's interesting to to say that you know you talk about the junior sections there are has been instances i have had it in to happen to me paul had it two or three years ago where he brought up at Shotley Bridge all the way through the junior system but because he was a professional cricketer he wasn't allowed to play for his club side in a, in a yeah. league game and that when I mean, you talk about you know, what frustrates clubs it does it it did at Ashington I think two years ago Mark Wood was injured and we couldn't play he didn't want to play for any other club because you know, Ashington Cricket Club brought him up and all of a sudden he's not allowed to play he had to go over to Cumbria to get 10 overs in to come so when you talk about trying to improve your junior side some clubs will say well what's the point yeah yeah i think it's it's trying to find it's trying to find a balance isn't it i mean my my club nolan Irish cricket club based in the west midlands we our, our local professional is ian bell um, yeah. and he's belly's played for nolan Irish for the last two seasons he played his first game last year because he was coming back from injury and you know he was desperate to play and look i completely agree with you there should be no reason at all why you know the likes of mark wood and collingwood and yourself you know, shouldn't be able to go and play for their local club. That's that's where you've grown up. That's where your loyalties are. And 100%, you should always be able to do that. I would, you know, I think sometimes, you know, the rules should be, you know, should be bent ultimately. So. Your local clubs. I'll uh, I'll mention um, uh, my sons play All Stars at Beckenham, mm. uh, where uh, Stuart Binney played last year to keep the IPL <laughs> theme going. Uh, how much of an impact has All-Stars had? You know, it's a few years in now. Um, are, are you starting to see people really coming through? Uh, is it, has there been a rise in junior players in, in the club levels? Yeah, look, the, you know, the, the cricket sort of circuit that, that we're involved with and obviously being involved with a cricket coaching company like the Institute of Cricket, we saw such a massive boom after the summer that we had last year with winning the, you know, winning the World Cup the incredible Ashes series that we witnessed as well, and obviously Ben Stokes' innings at Headingley, there's no doubt about it that cricket saw a huge boom at, at that point. And obviously the ECB now launching a new programme in Dynamo's cricket, you know, really trying to capitalise on that on that boom. Um, but, you know, the numbers of children playing All-Stars, I mean, All-Stars is a fantastic, you know, fantastic opportunity for children to get in, involved in cricket. You know, I think it's really well-priced. It's, it's good kit that they get sent in the post and, that's what you're looking to do, I believe, is just to build an absolute love of the game in, in kids at such a young age. 
that you know the All Stars is is a great way of doing that, and obviously all clubs have their own um, sort of coaching programs in place as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. the The All Star stuff when when England won the World Cup, Mark Wood brought the the trophy back to to Ashton Critty Club, and I think the club made something ridiculous. I think it was a, a five figure sum on 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 the day, just on that day, him coming, and it was a lot was to do with the All Stars. What's going to come next? From a, a, a the club cricket point of view, now David, what do you, what do we need from the ECB and from club cricket to take us to the next level once this pandemic's over? I mean, I think that I I think there's there's obviously at the moment my sort of bugbear a little bit at times is that there's there's too many different leagues that operate under different rules and different formats. So I would I would like to see every single ECB you know Premier League in the country actually operate under one format. You know, and obviously I'm not can't sort of uh, you know decide what that format is, but you know I sort of certainly think that we should be playing a format of cricket that leads our younger players into playing into you know county cricket, whether that's in 50 over cricket or 55 over cricket. How, however, you know the format is agreed. I genuinely believe that you know there should be quite a standard set of rules at every Premier League across the country in the way that you know the cricket is played. David, thank you very much for coming on. That was David Smith, the director of Complete Cricket. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Uh, You've been listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. We'll be back next week with a new host and a completely different topic. But if you've missed any of the show, you can download the podcast from the following on feed on Apple Podcasts, Acast or Spotify. Thank you very much. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.